0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to San Francisco's War Memorial Opera House on this Sunday, March 27th. Today is San Francisco Ballet's final performance of Coppelia. We are delighted to have you here for it. You're in for a real treat if you haven't already seen it. My name is Allison Groves. I am the Planned Giving Manager at San Francisco Ballet, and today I'm also your host for this Meet the Artist interview. I should let you know that you can listen to interviews you may have missed, as well as read blogs written by dancers and our other artistic staff by visiting the ballet's website at sfballet.org. The the Meet the Artist interviews are produced by San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education, and today, our guest is Patty Fitzpatrick, who is the costume supervisor here at the ballet. Of course, uh, although Patty has been here for 28 years, her costume experience goes well back before that. She was training to be a professional ice skater and began making all of her own costumes, ultimately, studying that wonderful art form at the uh,
1: Pacific Fashion Institute and um, the Academy of Art College and uh, just in junior high and high school I started just taking um, home economics and sewing and making my own clothes and costumes right around when I was about 13 or 14. Well, perfect. So you have a long history and I
0: know after 10 years of professional ice skating, you ultimately joined the ballet as a dresser and now, as I mentioned, costume supervisor. So I'm thinking before we talk about the wonderful costumes that you all will see on stage today, perhaps you can tell us a little bit about your role and also about the people in the costume department, how big a department it is and what you all do.
1: Okay. The department consists of uh, uh, three heads of department. There's the um, wardrobe director, which is George Elvin, and uh, the costume uh, production coordinator, which is a a fairly new role in the last few years, um, at Nancy Andy, and myself as the costume supervisor. And George and I both take care of the men's and the women's wardrobe on a daily basis whether we're in house here or out on tour. Uh, Nancy is in charge of the new productions and uh, she was the one that was able to go to Pacific Northwest Ballet and help oversee the coordinating and the building of this production. Um, Pacific Northwest Ballet did do it first. And, uh, and then when we 're in house during the season, starting with Nutcracker, we have a full crew of men and women that are dressers and help with all of the maintenance and the um, we have the laundry person and um, that 's how everything gets done for every show is with the help of the crew that we have, which are uh, it, it varies anywhere from eight to uh, 20, I guess, at Nutcracker.
0: Now, when you say dresser, that's someone who helps the dancers get in and out of their costumes, I Yes. Okay. So you mentioned that this is a co-production with Pacific Northwest Ballet in Seattle, and uh, although it is the George Balanchine and Danilova choreography from the 1970s, the Pacific Northwest Ballet in San Francisco were able to team up to get a new set of costume designs and set designs. They were created by Roberta Guidi de Bagno and as you mentioned p and premiered it first. So can you talk a little bit, well first, how many costumes are in this ballet? It's a huge production.
1: Well there's, um, there's 122 costumes and uh, with the extras that were made um, there's about 140. Uh, there are just um, uh, 60 dancing, ro- there are 60 roles and then there are uh, 24 students that are um, per- appearing as well and uh, they, um, they actually uh, work uh, at Pacific Northwest Ballet, they built the production in in their own shop and worked with uh, Roberta de Mania, Um on, on the production up there and made it for their company initially and it was premiered last June. So they made
0: the costumes for their company. Does that mean they fit the dancers in our production
1: or did renovations or new costumes need to be made? Well, they, it's really difficult. Even if you take into consideration if we send up all our measurements, um, we're only guessing who's going to be in the roles. That it hasn't been established yet, and uh, the the companies uh, do differ a little bit in in the in the height. Although the roles are generally created, um, like the village women and the war and discord women, will be taller, and the um, the friends and maybe the bridesmaids will be a, a shorter group of dancers, and that's. A lot of times, how it works out. So, when it comes to the length, uh, maybe you're looking at casting um, between maybe uh, five foot four and five foot seven, and therefore um, they can take that into consideration. The general about the general height of a company and the sizes that are involved. When it comes to principles, it can be all over the board. They can be very, very small. uh, They can be very tall. And so uh, usually they try to create a set for each category. And then um, in between, uh, we have perhaps an extra bodice that's made or um, an extra set of skirts like you'll see for today. For Marie Kachakova, they had to create a, a second set of skirts because she is very tiny and, and you, you really want the skirt to be at the same length on everyone. When it's established that it's maybe just below the knee, you really want it to look that way on everyone. And so, um, therefore, the way the, the way the costumes are created, they are developed so that they're interchangeable.
0: So did P&B send all of the costumes down to us and, and then the dancers put them on and you said, whoa, that skirt's a little bit too long. Can you order another one for us?
1: Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> we, we knew in advance when, when they were made that there, there was possibly a problem when, um, when the final casting came out. And um, w- one of the other things that's not as easy to alter, because we can always add lots of rows of uh, hardware on the back in order to make them loose or tighter. Um, I'm sorry, what was that? The, the hardware is can... the bars. Oh. They're like the bars and the hooks that that you um, close the costume with, and that's one of the reasons we don't use zippers very rarely. Is so that it can fit somebody that um, has, uh, you know, maybe a three or four inch difference across their back, and, and that does happen between the two companies. We have a very narrow, very narrow dancers. Well, Those very slim dancers. We are seeing the very smallest
0: of them, I believe, today in Maria Kachetkova, but Frances Chung and Vanessa Zahorian have also been dancing this role.
1: Were there three different outfits, or are they sharing one? No, they're sharing. They're, they're actually the third-act costume uh, needed to be shared by all three of them. And um, it's uh, it was less critical that it be the exact length. And so um, we, have, we can adjust it uh, by using the, um, the... We rig it inside with buttonhole elastic. And then some girls are on the first elastic hole and some girls are on the third. So that's how we make it shorter or longer.
0: And then does that mean that the tutu looks particularly wide on Maria, who I believe is a few inches shorter than Frances and Vanessa? Or does she no, we just accommodate different... that
1: with oh. the bars across the back. Okay. Oh. All right.
0: Um, so this leads to a question about maintenance during a production because if three people are up there in a costume, although they make those moves look very easy, I have a feeling they might be sweating up there. We don't really like to mention that, but they probably are, and I am thinking that maybe they want a clean costume each time they put it on. How do
1: you handle that? Well, that's, that's where... Um Musette Trace comes in because she's the principal female dresser and she does an amazing job of getting... As soon as they take the costume off and she runs downstairs and clips out the shields and washes the costume and hangs it to dry. And so when we have a show like yesterday with two performances, two different dancers and the same set of costumes then they do need to be washed and dried in between but we have a drying room that heats up to 100 degrees with fans and you can put it in there and uh it dries it you know in in an hour or so so that works out and that applies for the, the actual tutu part as well? If the, the tutu is attached. Okay. If, it's, if, it can be, if you can take it apart, which you can in some instances, then you, you only need to wash the bodice. But sometimes they're attached, so you have to wash the whole thing.
0: Now one of the questions I have about making tutus and other costumes, you mentioned that PNB created these costumes in their shop. San Francisco Ballet doesn't have a shop for the actual creation of tutus. Um, can you talk a little bit about where tutus are made and all kinds of costumes whenever we premiere something new here? Where where do we go to have the costumes made?
1: Well. We, we can replace costumes in our shop on a small scale. We certainly can make a tutu bottom and replace a bodice in individual costumes as they wear out. But productions, like the new productions of Swan Lake and whether it's um, the Capella or uh, any of the ballets, the smaller ballets coming up, Chroma and uh, Ghost, some of those ballets, they're made in... Um, Costume shops that that the designer generally is comfortable working with, and that 's how they 're selected so um, if the the Nutcracker was mostly built in New York, although we did try to have some of it built here, and um, the P- Pacific Northwest Ballet does have a full costume shop, so they might build Capelli they might build something else for us that they're, that, that is not co owned or um, Chroma was built at um, uh, National Ballet of Canada has a full costume shop and um, they build their own ballets and then they will also work with designers and uh, if they want to fill out their year they'll have an opening and then they'll be able to build something for us. So I'm guessing that although many
0: ballet companies do have their own shops, it probably takes a very special sort of costume shop to build something for dancers as opposed to for theater or
1: opera, or is it all fairly interchangeable? Well, the the San Francisco Opera Costume Shop has built ballets for us. So they are able to do it, although we tend to give them things that um, that are not like tutus. We, things that are more like Nana's lead, that were um, constructed garments, maybe tailored garments, things that require um, dyeing and painting. Uh, they're equipped to do that um, very well. Can you talk a little bit about um,
0: the life of a costume? Because they, they look very beautiful and delicate and diaphanous. Often I think of the Giselle costumes that we saw earlier this year.
1: How do they hold up, and how how long are they expected to hold up? Well, when we did theme and variation, the tutus um, are 24 years old. And uh, the demi tutus that were on the stage are all exactly original fabrics. And so um, it was They were built in England uh, by Jane Johnson, Um, and uh, that was like, I think 1986 or something, 88. Um, And so what we do is that wash and maintain, and the only thing that what I'll do with an original tutu is usually uh, take the middle layer of the old net out that's become old and um, broken down, and and insert new stiff net. in the case of the um, core costumes, they're original but they've had to be painted. I've had to paint them with dye several times every few, you know, every few years because the light blue colors will generally turn purple or lavender. Just Even just hanging, it's the same with Sleeping Beauty and the, the sets or the backdrops. Anything that's blue, that has the blue pigment, will eventually turn lavender or purple. So you, you do need to remake those or take it into consideration, like the bluebird, um, to minimize its exposure to light. Um, but, but you generally will always have to remake that color.
0: I always hear that tutus are very expensive, I presume because they're very labor-intensive. Can you talk a little bit about how much fabric goes into one? You know, if you're replacing that mesh that makes them stand up
1: so nice and perkily, how long does that take? Uh, Well, it takes three days to make a tutu bottom. Um, the net's not; it's not really that expensive. I mean, it's uh, like nine yards, and there's 172 inches in the width, and you, you cut it in a special way so that you can cut like nine or 12 layers uh, to make the tutu bottom. Um, the the net from England is more expensive, and of course, it it does have a longer shelf life, but they um, they ban the net. From the United States because of the lacquer that it was, uh, you know, dipped with, and so um, everybody had to come up with a a solution to uh, create the stiff tutus and the stiff net again. So, um, which it's better for us. We don't want to be, you know, breathing the chemicals and having them exposed to the body. So,
0: when did they ban the lacquer tutus?
1: The it was I don't know, maybe about twelve years ago. I know because I tried to buy up as much as we could. We <laughs> 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 Ship it back. Um, but the as far as the costs go, uh, the cost can vary drastically. I mean, it can be two thousand dollars for a tutu, or it can be seven thousand dollars. Um, It depends on how ornate it is, what's required for beading, and um, also the fabric choices. If you're picking out something that's um, uh, a a lace that's uh, imported from France and it's uh, $350 a yard, um, it's going to be a lot more expensive than if you're just using the plain white net for Swan Lake. And uh, perhaps the entire... To, uh will, will be like maybe $100 worth of net. And, um, and just now to point out about the construction of uh, Coppelia, um we have a lot of materials now that are available to us that, that didn't exist before. They have like heat set sequence and um, laces and things that can be applied and cut and reapplied so that they look like ornate fabrics. Uh, and there's wonderful paints that are available to to embellish, like the sutash uh, on the costumes. And so there's a lot of ways to make uh, a tutu look very ornate, but, but at, a, at a much uh, lower cost. Can you talk a little bit about the
0: book that you're holding that I understand is the guide for... Costumes in this production.
1: Um, this is this is the Bible, and all of the ballets that are built brand new. They're, the Bible is created by the costume shop that actually builds it. And uh, generally, when it doesn't matter if it's like West Side Story or Petrushka or Capelia, uh, that the Bibles will generally follow the production. If it's if we're renting it or if it's it's being borrowed or co-owned. By um, by a company, and the reason I brought this up because I thought it was kind of fascinating to see um, that, uh, that what it is. I'll just hold it up to show you that the designer will create the original sketch um, for for the uh, production, and in this case, it's Swanilda here, and then on the on the page adjacent to it there'll be all of the notes and fabric samples and braid samples and information that goes along with the construction of it. So what you'll see in the pocket here is you'll see the the, the, the bodice fabric and the corselet fabric and the net, and then it'll show how the sutash was applied, and, and and then all of the stores or companies that it was purchased from, the amount of yardage that was needed, and the, the cost. And it's all documented here in the book. And so um, anybody that wants to rebuild it, or when it needs to be done, can, um, if you run out of, like, one of the the um, braids or one of the nets, you can see exactly uh, what it looked like, the original color, and um, how, it, how, how it was purchased. Uh, so that, the, that this is always kept with the ballets. And um, in the case like this, I'll just show that uh, in constructing it. Then the shop will look at the designs, and then they will turn around and work with the designer. To this is not the exact one. This is actually the Swanelda's Brides, but um, they will uh, they will look at it and try to create exactly what is shown. Working with them and working with the um, the fabrics and embellishing them in a way. And what's unusual about these uh, is they're created completely so that they're just they're completely washable, so that all of the jewels and the trims and the the gold uh, embellishment here and uh, inside and out is all created so that we can just dip them in cold water with mild soap and hang them to dry, and uh, that that's how they do it.
0: I wish all of my clothes were made to wash that easily. I know. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about what happens after production.
1: Uh, where do costumes go? They, uh, they either go back to the original company, or, in a, or they, maybe we'll store them and uh, ship them back at a later date, or maybe we'll do the production again the following year, and we'll store the costumes. Sometimes as in the case with Petrushka and Little Mermaid, that are both rented from other companies um, in Europe. um, We have just a few days that we'll need to um, distribute what needs to be dry-cleaned in that particular instance to go to the dry-cleaners, and then the hand-washing and laundry that has to be done by us. Then it goes into crates or boxes, however it arrived, and then it, it gets picked up and shipped back.
0: I know that some of the costumes that San Francisco Ballet owns are stored down in a warehouse that we have south of Market. Um, and it, it seems like a number of those pieces are there for years and years, and maybe they'll come back to the stage and maybe not. Where do old costumes go to die, I guess, is, is a question. You know, the opera here sometimes has a mm-hmm. sale, and people can go and, and buy those, and it's great for Halloween our costumes aren't going to fit anyone. Do you sell
1: them or throw them out? Well, um, a long time ago, a really long time ago, we had a big costume sale. And uh, we, um, actually, George Alvin uh, gathered all the costumes and everything that, w- that was, um, a-, a lot of old ballets that were done uh, and uh, they weren't going to be used anymore. And there was a big costume sale, and we got rid of all of those. Since then, um, we've either held on to them, which we haven't, you know, like we still have Beauty and the Beast in the warehouse, and we have um, Don Juan and productions that m- perhaps we will never do again. A decision hasn't been made as to what to do to, with those, so they are they're all hanging. Um, Uh, covered over, and uh, we'll pull them sometimes for the window displays, the gala window displays, I'll use them, because they're still very beautiful, even though they're more than 30 years old. And uh, other ones just wear out, and they they lose their elasticity, and the fabric just goes, and if we're not going to do it again, then we don't rebuild it. And in that particular instance, Um, we might salvage parts of it and keep them, but we'll we'll just throw them away because they can't be worn by anybody. And some of the things I just keep on hand uh, for the student showcase, for the students that might want to use them, uh, especially if there's quite a few of the um, tutus and things like that.
0: So I'm mindful of the time and want to leave a few minutes for questions. For those of you just joining us, I want to note that Patty Fitzpatrick, our costume supervisor, is our guest today. Um, So I'm wondering if anyone has any questions. I will repeat the question so that everyone can hear it. And to that end, I would appreciate it if you would keep your questions short and concise so I can remember. Yes. That's a very good question. If the blues on the costumes fade to lavender, what happens to the swatches that are in the Bible for a production? How do you know what the original color was? Do they fade as well?
1: The the samples that I have, a lot of them haven't faded. So I think a lot of it has to do with air and, you know, body heat and perspiration, those kinds of things. But I could be wrong. (laughs) A question right back there.
0: What types of fabrics are you
1: using that are so easily washable? Uh, well, silk is washable, and we do wash the silk bodices. Um, But in this particular production, there is a lot of um, uh, nylon and acetate and polyester that is used.
0: Other questions? Um, Yes, back there in the red, I think. Do the dancers experience any
1: sort of allergies to these tight outfits, if they're not maybe natural material? There's, there are dancers that have allergies to certain fabrics, and uh, the, the costumes are, are lined with 100% cotton coutil. So everything that's built on the outside is underlined with the 100% cotton. Um, They also have shields that they wear in their costume that are 100% cotton. So the only time that they would experience something perhaps that would be like in the stretch net of a sleeve um, or something that may have an irritation, and a lot of times you can take care of that by putting a little bit of baby powder before they put it on. Um, or rubbing so- something very gentle on your skin in advance. Yes.
0: Can the general public buy the same fabrics that you buy?
1: Oh, sure. You can go down to Discount Fabrics on el- on Eleventh and Brightex, and um, also all of the store, like all of the big shops in New York, are all open to the public. Uh, you can go online and search them out. And I know that PNB bought a lot of their fabrics locally in Seattle and uh, also used things that they just had in-house. They have, um, uh, usually costume shops will carry stock fabrics uh, by the bolt, and so you can use those.
0: I think we have time for one last question. Yes? What is Soutash? Something you mentioned about being on a costume.
1: I'm going to balance this. Soutash is the, uh, it it comes in either white or black or maybe beige. And it's a very narrow, uh, nylon-type, tightly woven uh, rayon. Is it rayon? I think it's rayon. But it, ha- it has the seam in the middle. So it's the, cr- it's the little, little um, curlicue part that's on the costume here. And uh, So, so it's it, like it, ca- it just comes on in a way.: It's that's like a the decorative. It's, it's, ribbon. A, it's like a very narrow decorative ribbon that you can do. And, and there are a lot of ribbons that are um, stitched on here as well uh, to create uh, depth and uh, with the use of color in the costumes that we have here.
0: Well, Patty, I wanna thank you for being our guest today and telling us a bit more about the gorgeous costumes that the audience will be seeing today. I want to thank all of you for joining us and uh, wish you well for the rest of the season. And um, if you do want to listen to other interviews or read blogs from our dancers, remember to visit www.sfballet.org. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much.